chapter thirty three of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter thirty three a dark-skinned white lady mammy was down in the pasture looking for the old dominicer having in the last two years been corralled and fastened for safe-keeping to every piece of underbrush in the pasture the rooster had adopted that umbrageous retreat as his permanent abode and was giving mammy no end of trouble to keep up with him the supply of live stock was now so meagre that she cherished the domenecker he and his small harem and one failing cow made up the list if we except a superannuated mule that had been turned out on the prairie to die by some passing teamster when he had procured a worthy substitute it was nearly a week after the hajara the limit was up a few belated ones still straggled along the big road but the greater part of them were gathered now on the river banks in jackson and lafayette awaiting transportation to any point that promised a haven to any friend who could give possible succour the burning of the crops was over the land was laid waste and brought to silence gladness was taken away and joy out of the plentiful field only a few had dared remain old man chandler sullenly defied the law he had done nothing he said that he should be driven from his home he had been loyal from first to last his friends were all in new england he could not reach them if he went into a military post he would starve all he had in the world was here and here he proposed to stay old mr collins was another who was going to try it mammy had heard shots in the night she had not thought anything of it for roving bands of bushwhackers with jayhawkers in nominal pursuit still roamed across the country a man of quantrell's dashing methods cared little for the depopulation of a strip of thirty miles and there had never been anything like a determined effort to drive him out had there been by the silent man who proposed to fight it out on this line if it takes all summer or one like him it would have been accomplished nobody supposes that it would have been impossible to exterminate two or three hundred men had there been a strong purpose to do it but no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life remarked paul to timothy many years ago the good soldiers from kansas had entangled themselves with the impedimenta of pillage and always it was the old plea made two thousand years ago and behold as thy servant was busy here and there he the man was gone chick chick chicky chick chick chicky mammy had a pan of meal and was trying to tempt her family from retirement but the dominecker had a wisdom born of stormy times for many of his kind that call had meant decapitation he would wait and see whether it was peace or war 
on one side of the cow-path was a thicket of haw-bushes mammy pushed the bushes aside i laid dat old fool dominecker is hidin round hyah somewhar look like even de fowls don't know who to truss she parted the bushes and peered in the pan of meal fell from her grasp in a pool of blood lay the body of a man his hat had fallen over his face but there was something strangely familiar about the tall form it can't be muttered mammy dem's soldier clothes she raised the hat cautiously a fair young face looked up at her with unseeing eyes it was beverly he was so white and ghastly that she thought surely he was dead the next minute she tore open his coat and put her ear to his heart it was beating feebly uncle reuben was roused by a clarion call as he sat dozing before the cabin door there was no need of secrecy they were alone on the great prairie they held a hurried consultation out in the lot where it had been since last winter was an old sled used for hauling wood of course it had not been put under cover that was not the custom of the country and in that way it had escaped the destruction that had fallen upon the stable the mule was hastily hitched to the sled mammy's feather-bed the only one left put on it and on this improvised stretcher the wounded boy was tenderly placed he was carried to mammy's house and laid on mammy's bed and through the night watches her faithful hands ministered to him when beverly trevilian came to himself the next day mammy's black face was bending over him to the wounded boy sore pressed and spent it was like a glimpse of heaven mammy yes honey mammy's yeah it was what she used to say to him in his babyhood when he woke and cried with fright he closed his eyes and lay still fearing to move lest he should wake and find himself again in the brush his thoughts were confused he could not remember how he got here or or he gave a sigh he was too weak to think after a while perhaps just then uncle reuben who had been gone all morning to mammy's wonderment and somewhat to her indignation appeared in the doorway his wife could see from his face that something had happened she shook her finger warningly and hurried toward him what is it she whispered supposing it was nothing less than another visitation of jay hawker's but it was not a threatened danger this time to her or her charge dilsey de jay hawker's done shot old man chandler de jay hawker's why he's union ain't he in her excitement she raised her voice beyond the safety pitch and the sick man caught the sound what day wanna shoot him fur dey say he's been harborin seshus old man chandler i never heerd of him harborin anything befo' who was it dey say some young man been consortin dar and de federals dey got wind of it and lit down on him dis mornin and dat was de las of him you don't mean dey killed him dey shot him down like a dog i got dar jess as dey done it mammy cast an anxious glance toward the bed her patient lay perfectly still whar's de girl settin dar by her pa's dead body dilsey dat girl ain't shed a tear 
dey's a mighty curious look in her eyes look to me like mammy they started beverly had raised himself on his elbow and was staring at them with horror-stricken eyes he had caught snatches of what they were saying what is it tell me tell me i say as they hesitated go on said mammy to the old man de mischief's done did now and uncle reuben told the tale when he had finished beverly trevilian sank back with a groan for harboring rebels and he wouldn't give the name my god my god the old negroes looked at him wonderingly death in every form was so common in those days that they had become habituated to it they could not understand his excitement uncle reuben he was on his elbow again and his voice had the old trevilian ring of command take the mule and bring lois chandler here tell her i sent you make haste there's no time to lose tell her i will see that her father has proper burial and then you attend to it go on uncle reuben looked at mammy he was not quite sure that his young master was in his right mind and mammy always solved his doubts the old woman was looking at beverly with professional eyes now she hardly knew herself whether this was sympathy or delirium go on he cried don't stand there gaping at me mammy came close to the bed mars beverly dis ain't no place for dat young girl right now she spoke respectfully but firmly i reckon reuben better take her over to old mr collins's they won't turn her off no no he said vehemently she's coming here there is no other place for her this is her rightful place uncle reuben tell her i said so she must come there was a rebellion in mammy's face that had never been there before in all the years she had served this family marse beverly she spoke sullenly with a look of suspicious resentment in her countenance what is dat white woman to you dat you bound to have her here whether or no her look was a revelation to beverly trevilian it showed him the depth of the shame and contumely his folly had prepared for the innocent what is she to me he said wildly mammy she is my wife End of chapter thirty three